I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's going down? everybody welcome to a brand new episode of what's going down here on patreon ad free or wherever you get your podcasts with ads my name is kenny joined as always by the one and only finley martin finn how are you today Penny, i'm doing all right yes not bad how's yourself i'm good i'm good i'm it's in between two pay-per-view weeks so that's always a bit busier and actually there's a retro pay-per-view this week as well for us so it's quite Ooh, a busy yes. week but i'm yes. looking forward to a quiet december is what I'm looking forward to. Famous <laughs> last words. Actually, hasn't AEW announced another pay per view? They do. Yeah, they've got one December thirtieth. But you know, that's that's like the whole month till a pay per view. Well, you know, six weeks. No, five weeks. Survivor Series is is November twenty fifth, and then there's just about five weeks till the next one. So, um. But anyway, we're here to talk about SmackDown and Raw in the lead-up to this Saturday's Survivor Series. So let's just dive in with SmackDown, Finn. We obviously, we assumed that Damage Control would be doing a War Games match with Charlotte, Be- uh, Bianca and Shotzi and a mystery partner. That was indeed the case. They challenged them at the start of the show. And then at the end of the show, Charlotte came out to accept and the team member that they had was Becky Lynch. As you sh- predicted. As I predicted. I don't want to tip my own horn, but the, the review was pretty good. You know, Charlotte Flair, through her robotic delivery, did manage to at least have a good, you know, give us a bit of historical context 
The only thing I didn't get about it was how come she was just there in wrestling gear? Well, they did do a thing on social media, on TikTok, I think it was. Okay. Where Becky Lynch on her TikTok had Charlotte ringing her and she kept like not answering the phone. And 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 then eventually answered it. So I think that it's meant to be that she was calling her all week to 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 be ready to to fight or all day. I don't know. Oh right, okay. So but, all right, well that wasn't explained on the TV program, was it? No, it wasn't. But I mean, I you know it, it'd be interesting if they go more into detail in Becky and Charlotte's relationship. Obviously, from being best friends to being enemies and all that kind of stuff. But what did you think of the, the setup and the reaction to people of this War Games match? Um, I, thought, I thought it was um, I thought it was lousy, uh, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, Road Dog, Kevin Patrick, Michael Cole on commentary. I mean, what a combination those three were. I mean, that was kind of unnerving, <laughs> kind of jarring having Road Dog there at the desk. I know, I mean, I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting on Saturday morning to have an email from you saying hot off the press, I Finley Martin would like to nominate Road Dog as commentator of the year based on his <laughs> one night performance. <laughs> no. No, he did have some he did have some good uh, you know self-deprecating lines. I've got to give him credit for that. But uh, hopefully this isn't going to be a regular thing for Road Dog. Um but as far as to answer your question, so you know, Bailey. I was in the ring with uh, Kyrie and Dakota Kai and Asuka and Io Sky. Um, and they talked about um, the Asuka um, addition to the team. And then Bailey officially invited Asuka to join Damage Control. Um, and she accepted. And at that point, they challenged Charlotte Flair and company to a War Games match. And there wasn't much reaction to the challenge, Kenny. And it was just like, oh, we knew it was coming. And it was almost like a bored reaction. It's like, oh, no. So now we're going to have to put up with two of these matches at Survivor Series. I mean, one's fine. Two is one too many. <laughs> so I just felt, you know, there was no appetite in the building for this match. Um, and even when we had the big showdown, the big brawl at the end. And uh, well, we should mention, shouldn't we, during the show, right? So the match was set. And the faces, Bianca, Shotzi, and Charlotte Flair needed a partner, needed a fourth member of the squad. Mm -hmm. So they spoke to, um, who did they speak to backstage? Uh, Mishin spoke to her, and she was attacked by damage control. Uh, They spoke to Zelina Vega, and then she was attacked by damage control. Um, So there apparently were no other contenders and no other available participants, which just shows you you know, how weak the women's division on SmackDown is that Charlotte Flair, you know, had to, um, you know, take a executive decision and call someone from Raw. I mean, what an indictment of the women's um, division on SmackDown. They need to call some people up. They need some reinforcements. I mean, this whole angle illustrated that to me anyway. Yeah. So uh, Charlotte Flair then went and made the call. And then at the end of the show... Uh, it was the big reveal, and Becky Lynch turned up in full wrestling gear, even though she's on the Raw brand, uh, and they had a big scrap at the end of the show. So, I mean, I, I just I don't want to see this match. I don't think really anyone in that arena wants to see this match. I mean, it might be okay, but, I mean, it just feels to me like 
a box ticking exercise. It's like, well, we've got a men's war games match. So in the you know interests of equality, we have to have a women's war games match as well, even though there's really no demand for one. So that's my view on it, Kenny. What do you think? I th- I think that they did an okay job in setting it up based on the fact they have to have one. I quite like the dynamic of Bailey thinking that she was being kicked out of damage control at the start. And, you know, they were saying, you know, because one person in this ring is not, you know, uh, good enough for... And I can't remember the verbiage. It's basically there's one member in the ring who's not a part of the new and improved damage control and Bailey thinks it's her. But Dakota's going, no, it's Asuka. She's not been invited yet. That's your job as a leader. And she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. That was quite fun. But yeah, I can echo your sentiments about the lack of depth in the women's division on SmackDown. Shotzi just looks way out of her element. Charlotte, yeah. even though she's really good in the ring, is a terrible character. And Bianca feels quite stale. So all in all, not great. But I think Becky Lynch does give the team some star power. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, she was needed, of course. I mean... But, I mean, also in this show is where we had, um, you know, Ellie Knight and Jimmy Uso, and at the end of that, we had Cody Rhodes coming out. So there's kind of just no explanation of why these Raw people are on the show. And that kind of... I think if you're watching WWE, you kind of have to accept that that's what they do. You know, the, the, the brand thing doesn't really mean anything. It means something at points of the year, but, you know, it would be the equivalent of getting annoyed that AEW have too many belts. <laughs> You're just gonna drive yourself insane yeah. with it. You know, this is just this is what they do. Is it frustrating? Yes. I wish they I wish WWE had more had it more thought out and how they do this brand split and how people are allowed to just jump whenever for no reason. But you know, I think that Becky being in the team for me outweighs that because at least we've got her thing. At least we've got her to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you predicted this, I mean, you know, I mean, the match might be okay on the night. I mean, the the good news is it's four on four. So it is going to be shorter than the men's match. Mm -hmm. So that's something to celebrate. Um, But it just feels unnecessary. And we don't need this. This show does not need this match. And the audience made that very clear with their reaction to the announcement or the challenge that was issued by Bailey to Charlotte Flair and her t- and her pals, her allies, um, for this match. It's just unnecessary. It's just superfluous excess to requirements, Kenny. That's what it is. So that's, you know, we talked about this last year when it came to war games. I remember writing about it when I did my review in the magazine. And, um, you know, sadly, they're doing it again, two war games matches. We only need one on this show, but we've got two. And uh, here we are. Mate, I mean, I hope on the night they deliver. And they really have a hell of a match. And the audience, um, presumably this will go on first. So if this goes on first, the women's war games match, that is, I think fans will react to it. And that obviously will help. I just hope it doesn't greatly hinder the men's war games match, which I imagine will close the show. Yeah, you you would think so. Um, Elsewhere on SmackDown, we also had Ellie Knight do a promo to interrupt Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, and Sola Sokoa, which is kind of more of the same that we've been seeing. And that led to Ellie Knight and Jimmy Uso in the main event match. The Ellie Knight wins. And then post-match, she gets jumped by Solo and Jimmy. And Cody Rhodes comes out to make the save and clear the bloodline away. And, you know, the, the commentary team says, you know, Cody's got a history with the bloodline. So, again, I think 
if you're able to suspend your disbelief of the brand split thing, this was fun. But if you're not, then I can imagine this also hit the same way that the Becky thing was. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, the Becky Lynch thing, I mean, my objection to the Becky Lynch thing was that it didn't really make any sense that she would just be there when she's a Raw wrestler. It's like, well, how come she's now just here, you know, when you've apparently phoned her partway through the show? I mean, you would think, was she not like another part of the country? And no, apparently she was just in the car park or whatever. Maybe her and Seth were just driving by, you know? Maybe we were having a weekend away somewhere. And that was <laughs> annoyed me about it is that she was just there. Um, and she and it just, to me, it just was too convenient. I mean, Cody rocking up didn't really make any sense either. Um, I guess it's to restart you know, the push for Cody, Roman Reigns. I'm not quite sure. Well, presumably this is going to lead to a Cody and LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa match at some point. I'm not sure when. I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but one would imagine that was the purpose of Cody's running. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I just sort of felt here watching SmackDown that it just feels like the weaker brand at the moment. And it didn't used to be, and now it it just feels like it needs all this assistance from Raw. So, like, the tables have turned, haven't they? Yeah, no, you are, you are right. I mean, it's interesting that the num- the rating for SmackDown and Tuesday was so good. You know, they got they did 2.29 million viewers, and they actually did more viewers than they did the previous week, even though Collision was actually head-to-head with it. So there was actually no crossover audience. There was no audience who watched Collision over SmackDown and SmackDown actually did pretty well. But I mean, that kind of stuff usually is on a delay, right? When you have an audience. So you kind of have to keep up the momentum so that the audience keeps coming back. Of course you do, yeah. I mean, people can be creatures of habit and sometimes it can take a few weeks for people to realise that show is not really clicking or firing on all cylinders or really feeling like it's got a, you know, a lot of momentum and it just feels to me like they're kind of treading water. Even I imagine this Friday is SmackDown, even though it's it's on FS1. Uh, you know, we'll say, you know, we were talking about the, the brand split and everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Bala and Damian Priest are going to be on SmackDown this coming Friday to defend their tag team belts against the Street Profits, who won a, a triple threat match um, yeah. earlier on the show. Well, it was pretty deadly versus Street Profits versus... Butch and Ridge Holland, and that was a number one contender match. Um, we should mention that B Fab met with Bobby Lashley backstage again, so that storyline hasn't hasn't been dropped yet, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> they keep it going with that one. Um, yeah. and um, I mean I think I'm looking forward to Street Profits for Street Profits versus Bala and Priest, because that's a new match. I'm not sure if we've ever seen that. We've certainly never seen it for the tag belts. So, and we've never seen obviously Street Profits are now villains, which they've never been before. So it's like heel versus heel match. So I'm curious to see who the fans side with in side with in that match. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think this Friday's SmackDown will be interesting because it's just before Survivor Series. Obviously, the rating's going to be way, way down because it's on FS1, not on Fox. Um, but I think in some ways, this Friday's SmackDown seems like a bit of a blockbuster episode because you know they're going to have the basically everyone there, aren't they? It's yeah. going to be a big final push for War Games. I will say, I think for me, the, the star of the show on SmackDown was nobody we mentioned yet. 
I thought the start. Santos Escobar. That's the man. He was for me definitely the standard of this show. I thought did really well. He did a promo where you know how many times have we heard the 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 the, the standard heel promo when you've you've turned on someone, and rarely does it kind of feel quite vicious in a good way. And I thought he really delivered it with some gusto, as you would say, and by having Zelina and Joaquin and Cruz del Toro out there. I thought that really added fuel to the the fire. How did you think he did here? I thought he did fantastic. Um, and, you know, he was out there <clears throat> doing the promo and the fans, and this is just not amusing anymore. In fact, it hasn't been amusing for about a decade. They were giving him the what treatment and he just kept going. You know, he, I mean, we've seen some pretty good promo people get distracted by the what chance. Yep. And Santos just kept going. He ignored them. Good for him. And he had a lot to remember. You know, no doubt, no doubt this was scripted for him word for word, and he had to remember the whole thing. I thought his delivery was spot on. I don't think he tripped over his words once. You know, I'd like to get through a podcast without tripping over my words, Kenny. Um, <laughs> you, know, and, you know, this is obviously just me and you, not a big live crowd there with people trying to put you off or trying to put him off, which they absolutely were. But I thought Santos was great here. He said that he had idolized Ray. But now he realized that Dominic Mysterio was right about him all along. He said that Ray had betrayed him. He brought up the Carlito thing. So that was a nice tie in there. Obviously, a lot of thought had gone into this promo. You know, everything that had happened previously was included in what he said. And it was kind of a self-righteous thing. You know, not dissimilar to Drew McIntyre's promo on Raw, actually, Kenny, when you think about it. Uh But you see Santos, the Santos character believed he was right and that's when you know that a heel turn works or is likely to work is when the person playing that character is given reason to justify his or her turn and santos was here and so santos said that you know he really went off on one here on ray he said that because ray's just undergone surgery and santos said that he hoped that the surgery, Ray's surgery went badly and that he gets an infection and has to have his leg amputated. He <laughs> called him a selfish, no good uh, trash. At this point, the announcers were like, this guy's, you know, cut the mic. He's going too far here. Yeah. And Santos said he didn't want Ray to return ever. Then Zelina Vega came out. She slapped Escobar. Uh, then uh, Whacking Wild and Cruz del Toro came out and asked Escobar ended up beating them down and Carlito made the save. I thought, yeah, to me, Santos was the star of the show. You know, if only Charlotte Flair was watching this, Kenny. Take some notes, Charlotte. This yeah. is how you deliver a promo in November 2023. Yeah. She yeah, she, he, she could only learn from him. He, he he did so well here. Very impressive and hopefully continues. Obviously, Carlito came out in the end to make the save after he beat up Joaquin and Cruz. So Carlito and Santos seems to be the match. I have, I have heard rumours that Santos will be coming in with Los Lotharios as his kind of crew. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Which, you know, for those guys, for Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza, they must be doing backflips. That they're going to be involved in something on SmackDown with Santos and up against Rey Mysterio. That's going to be a, a great spot for them if, if that happens. Yeah, supposedly Dragon Lee's going to be involved in all this as well, so that's going to be a good spot for him. Yeah, uh, but, but you're right, yeah. I mean, those guys um, have been down there in NXT for a while. I mean, they've been kind of treading water there, but, you know, the characters, I think, have developed and they're really good in the ring. You know, good-looking guys. They know what they're doing. They're young veterans. So I think if they join uh, Santos... Yeah, I think they're going to do well. So, yeah, the pieces are falling into place here. But, yeah, Santos Escobar, you're right. He was the star of the show. And we've never said we've never said that before, have we? No, we've never said it. And also, I think it's, you know, worth bearing in mind that, you know, we, we in the past have sort of talked about various people who wouldn't make it in WWE. And Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro wouldn't have made it in WWE if they weren't in a faction. So factions can actually give guys a chance to, to to be involved in the main roster in a way they otherwise wouldn't be. So Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at, we'll talk about it shortly. Look at Ludwig Kaiser and the way he's carrying himself now. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, when I, you watch him, look at, just watch the way he moves in the ring. There isn't anyone who moves and stands like he does. And it's just like that. No one would have given that guy a second chance. Remember when he came in with Gunter and he was basically treated like a, like a, you know, he was abused by Gun- Gunter, wasn't he? And slapped around. And now he's like basically a pretty serious player. You know, maybe not a top guy, obviously not a top guy, but he's doing well on his own. But you're right. Yeah. Obviously, bringing people in as part of factions does work to introduce them to an audience who otherwise wouldn't give them a second look. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to Raw. I thought Raw was actually, actually can, I ju- can I just sure. quickly mention just a couple of other things on SmackDown, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I thought Dragon Lee and Axiom did well. Uh, Lee, they, they almost did too much. I cannot stand that Spanish fly move off the top rope. <laughs> it's just like a trapeze artist move. It's so choreographed. And we know that pro wrestling is all about cooperation. I understand that. But when we are watching, when we watch two people do a move, we are not supposed to think that. So just don't, no more Spanish flies off the top rope, please. But I thought Dragon Lee and Axiom did well there. It was kind of a cold match, but they got the audience into it. And I thought Paul Heyman was really funny as well. Uh, when he was talking about John Cena, he said, John Cena wasn't there. I would never appear in a WWE ring again because of Solo Sokoa. This, of course, means, Kenny, you know what this means, don't you? Cena is returning to wrestle and defeat Solo Sokoa. You do realize this. No. This is going to happen. Ben, I'm in denial. Leave me in my beautiful island. I don't want to think about it. (laughs) We've got Roman Reigns, the island of relevancy. We've got Kenny on the island of denial. 
<laughs> I'm coming to rescue you from the island of denial, my boy. Don't and see you returning. Don't uh, but rescue yeah. me. I'm happy here. I don't need to be in reality. <laughs> I mean, who who wants to see John? The guy the guy has wrestled really pedestrianly. It's not a word, I'm making it up, but in a very pedestrian way, and got injured. And now he's gonna come back. But you know, well, I mean, look, he's a draw, I mean, so I just can't believe that he's not going to return after that drubbing at Crown Jewel and the way Heyman ran him down here. You know, Cena has got to return. There's got to be some face saving going on here. He's got to salvage some dignity, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, I, I was amused also when Heyman brought up Cena's five moves of doom. I don't know why, but I was. So uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but and then also LA Knight beat uh, Jimmy Uso in the main event, and I thought that match was really kind of dull. Yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, sorry yeah. to say that because LA Knight's on the cover of the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine. I've been a fan of his for a very long time, as people know. And this match, I'm afraid, did not deliver. Did it? Do you? Did you think it delivered, Kenny? Because I didn't. No, I didn't. But I do think part of it is. And I, I, I do think Elliot Knight has to bear some responsibility for this. You, I, I do agree with you, but I do also I think the bloodline are lukewarm as an act at the moment. They are okay. not interesting. We've seen Jim. I mean, Jimmy Uso is like, he's, he's just, it's, it's not interesting. You know, his, oh. his, his turn still hasn't been explained properly. It still doesn't make any sense. And he's out there, so Elliot is trying to keep this going. And I said this before Crown Jewel, or, or on the Crown Jewel review, I can't remember which one, but for, the problem for Elliot Knight is the formula is now boring. We've seen it, and he's now involved, and he's trying to make us believe in the formula that we, we've already seen too many times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious for Elliot Knight where he ends up at WrestleMania. I'm, I'm, I can't really pinpoint where he would go. I would, I would like to see him against the heel John Cena, but, you know, because I can't have nice things, I assume that's not happening. And it'll be seen in solo instead. But, yeah, I'm just not really sure where, because where does he go after losing to Roman again? I don't really know where you know, Yeah, I mean, it was like they were saying that, you know, I'm working my way back to Roman Reigns. It's like, no, we don't. I don't want to see that match again. I just don't, because we know he can't win. Yeah, we know he can't win. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see. But let's move on to Raw. Raw, I thought was an excellent show last night uh, to build to War Games, and the whole story again was about the men's War Games match. Drew did a promo at the beginning of the show, which was tremendous, where he was talking about why he's with the Judgment Day in the Survivor Series match, how he's not actually in the group, and he talked about how Rhea was able to give him the one thing that nobody else could, which is Jay Uso in a cage. And, you know, he says that people keep telling him to get over it, but why should he when Jay and his family cost him and his family their moment in Clash at the Castle? And Jay ends up coming out. McIntyre wants him to fight. We end up with everybody out, but Adam Pearce comes out and sort of says, no, you're not going to fight. And he says the baby, to the baby faces, you know, you guys need to find a fifth partner by the end of tonight. And I also need to know within the hour who the two people are going to be from each team that are going to fight for the advantage. Yeah, the man game. advantage in the War Games match, as in two star and then yeah. you know whoever comes in next from whichever team. For the man advantage back in the day, Kenny, 
the heels, the bad guys, always won the coin toss. Always. Yeah. I mean, what I will say is that I thought, I mean, just to bring this up now, because I think it's worth, you know, you were talking about on the SmackDown portion of this podcast about the women's war games, right? And how you didn't feel like, you felt like it was a, a tick box exercise, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at this storyline that goes out through the night and it's to do with who's going to be the, the people who are going to fight for the advantage and both teams want the advantage and all that kind of stuff. The women's advantage was worked out on a poll for a potato chip company. If that doesn't tell you where where they see the importance of the women's war games. Afterthought. Yeah. You know, breaking news, um, which was the, the the potato chip company, I can't remember what the name what the name of it was, but they, they're gonna let the fans choose the women's team that has the advantage. I mean yeah, yeah, Monster Munch have decided <laughs> heels are gonna have the advantage. <laughs> Must... Is it pickled onion or roast beef flavour? Pickled onion, of course, for me. What's it of chose damage control? Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it, 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 you can see there and then that that's the difficulty of, of of trying to make it all feel important when one actually feels important and the other one is kind of manufactured. So. Exactly. You know, we're going to be talking later this week, Kenny, about the 1987 war games, aren't we? Yeah, we the are. Yep, we are. And you know, the first one, I was actually talking to somebody last night about the uh, original War Games uh, in an interview for Inside the Rocks magazine. I'll tell you who that person that I spoke to last night was. Probably next week, right, Kenny? Yes, yeah. We'll, we, we'll, but, but it's in the can, so we can, we can yeah. relax. Yes. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, it's a shame for the women that they haven't received as much creative um attention as the men um what can i say i mean i i've already said i don't think this match should be happening it is and that's that and really it's kind of going to be up to the women on the night to save the day and make this match matter um you know maybe you know they'll have a really good match and if you do i'll be saying you know what you know they did themselves proud at survivor series I, i hope i hope i am saying that next week Kenny I really really do hope I'm saying that next week but it's a shame that yeah the booking team didn't give them more time and more effort and attention they deserved it what did you make of Drew's opening promo yes brilliant thought it was really well done and um, you know it was as good as this Santos thing maybe the Santos one made more of an impression because it was so surprisingly good I mean we know Drew can do this promo he's done it before you know He's the self-righteous heel, isn't he? He's this guy who believes he's right. And it's just like, you know, Jay screwed me over at Clash of the Castle. That was the biggest night of my career. You know, you and your family, you know, did me in in front of my family. And, um, you know, it felt very realistic, didn't it, the promo? You can see everything he said. It was like he believed it was real. And obviously, that's what we want from pro wrestling. We want to believe it's real. I know most of the time we can't believe it's real, but <laughs> it felt very, very real here. Um, and, you know, and then Jay came out. And, uh, you know, I want to actually see more from Jay in response to all this, Kenny. I'd like to see him emotionally deliver more than he has and actually address Drew's criticism of him more than he has. And yeah. I feel like there needs to be some sort of sense of atonement here from Jay and you know, some sort of apology in a strange way. Um, 
not not strange ways the word is the is the wrong uh, description of what I would like from Jay. But it's like he needs to apologize without apologizing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he almost needs to he needs to show some remorse. He does. For it, yeah. So that then Drew can obviously not accept and you know batter him, which is what we want to see. But we yeah, that's see the- right. And then we'll dislike Drew more because it's like, well, hold on a minute, Jay's tried to make amends here for what he did at Clash of the Castle. You've refused to accept his olive branch, so we're gonna boo you louder. So I want to see something like that between Jay and Drew. And I think that's a really important part of the puzzle that they haven't haven't added yet. And I hope we're going to get that this weekend. They did end up picking Drew and Jay as the people to do the advantage match, which was the main event of the show. They went about just under 20 minutes and McIntyre got the win in the end. What did you think of the match? They went. They got, got almost 20 minutes. Did you enjoy the main event? Yeah, yeah. I thought, I, th- I mean, these two guys are so good. That I mean, they could probably have a really good match with their eyes closed. And um, I mean, obviously the heels, we have seen, you know, modern day war games, the faces have had, had the advantage and it doesn't really work. You know, that's why I said before, the heels always won the coin toss back in the day because psychologically the heels need to have the two, two on one or three on two advantage so that when the, you know, face uh, person from the face team comes in, to you know, even up the odds, you know, you get that big sort of crowd pop. So, you know, it's fairly obvious how it works or how it should work. So yeah, it made sense that um that Drew would win. So the heels would have the uh, the man the man advantage in the match. So yeah, I'm glad they gave them plenty of time and um and yeah, they had a really good match. Um obviously it was overshadowed really by the announcement afterwards, wasn't it, Kenny? Yes, which was that Cody Rhodes said that he's got a friend too. And he he doesn't say it's Randy Orton. He basically gives away that it is. He said, someone I have a legacy with. The apex predator. You know, you're not just hearing voices inside your head. And he said that the people are right. They're chatting Randy. Now, one thing I do think we should praise Jay on is, did you notice Jay's face? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Great camera shot there. Just as the announcement was made and Jay's like, oh, no, because. He was one was... of the victims. Absolutely. Yeah, and Orton and Matt Riddle, or Riddle as he was at the time, were beaten in Orton's last match by Jimmy and Jay. Yeah, so it play, you know, and this is one thing that you know. I know some people think that sometimes Triple H's regime of booking is not the most exciting all the time. But I think one thing you do need to give him is that he looks for and plans for things to kind of play back, you know, down the line that play into the storylines, which. For years, we didn't get that. So that's why I think it's so kind of, it's, it's, it's so sort of in your face when it does happen. Yeah, because... yeah. And, you, and it's that great to have that continuity. I mean, it's the same with Drew McIntyre, is that in the past, you would have, you know, two faces would team up and, you know, previously maybe they'd had a feud and, you know, all previous sins were forgiven. Or there might be a little acknowledgement there when they first teamed up that, yeah, they'd had some problems in the past. But it, it would then just, they would just then move forward as if they were, you know, bosom buddies. I mean, this whole thing with Drew, he's still annoyed about something that happened in September 2022. And so he should be, because that was the biggest match of his career. And it's logical that he would not have forgiven Jay for what he and the bloodline did that night, costing him the match with Roman. Yeah. So, yeah, I like this, you know, the fact that it's this long-term storytelling where, Things that have happened previously matter today. 
you know, the, the slate, slate hasn't been wiped clean. And, you know, I, I even, you know, last week we had Cody and Seth there, you know, well, you know, I, I might never like you, but I respect you. And then an acknowledgement there with a few they had in 2022, right? Yes, ex- exactly. So I think it was really good stuff. I think it was clever as well that they announced Orton now, because obviously there is going to be, there are going to be people who are expecting CM Punk. And it's good to let those people know that that's not who it's going to be. Yes, so, smart. yes, absolutely. And I mean, I'm especially pleased, Kenny, because in what's going down in the latest issue of Inside the Ropes magazine, which have you got yours yet, Kenny? I've got mine. I, I don't. I think I should get mine tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow right. Well, some subscribers already have their a lot copies. do. Yeah, yeah and um, and it will be on sale this Thursday in the shops. I predicted this would happen in the news section, so I'm very pleased. See, there you go. We're, we're, all, we're, get, we're both getting things right today. It's a good time to be alive. Um, elsewhere on Raw, though, some other stuff that I thought was worth noting uh, was we did have Nia Jax against Raquel Rodriguez, and while it might not be a match of the year contender, I think they've done a really good job with Nia Jax so far because she's been portrayed really well. I mean, Raquel Rodriguez, Rodriguez here, I almost had to do a double take People were getting behind her in this yeah. match. Yeah, which, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's progress, right? From what we had a few months ago when we had Smiley Raquel and nobody cared. Absolutely, and Nia Jax is very good at being a heel. You know, she loves the the booze. She's out there. She doesn't want to be liked. You know, yeah. she's a heel who wants who wants people to boo her, and that's what they do. Yeah. And you know, Raquel was doing the you know the um, you know courageous baby face gimmick here and just attempting you know to lift Naya up and hit these big moves and Naya did take a few bumps here for, to her credit we know Naya's not big on bumps we know that <laughs> yes we have was... inside information you know <laughs> that Naya doesn't like taking bumps we do little and not very often it's the, <laughs> it's the uh, that's it so I mean Raquel's there and her knees you know buckled underneath her and I'm Back was, you know, she did a back in trying to lift Naya up, and but she was showing all this baby face fire, and the audience were behind her. We want you to beat Naya, and in the end, Naya ended up beating Raquel with the old Yokozuna sit down splash in the corner. So you know, Naya, you know, left there smug, you know, with all her heel heat intact, if not enhanced. And I thought Raquel actually, you know, did herself proud here. I thought this was a, a really spirited showing yeah she uh she it was it was good it's good to give some compliments to naya but then i know that you of all the stuff we've talked about today are going to be the most excited about our new number one contenders for the women's tag team titles natalia and tegan knox <laughs> get excited well you know what i actually thought this match i thought this match was well done it was quite a complicated match even, I mean, Maxine had a few spots in there and she didn't embarrass herself. I mean, it was very simple what she, well, actually, some of the stuff, she did this bridging suplex, which was quite a tricky move to pull off. The bridge looked all right. Stuck to body slams. I always think, you know, just, you know, lay the forearm in and do a body slam, just do something simple. So I thought Maxine looked all right. And in the end, Tegan Knox uh, pinned Maxine by rolling through her cross body. Um, but I thought, you know, Caden Carter and Katana Chance had a good night here. And even Indy Howell and Candice LeRae looked okay as well. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I actually thought this match was fairly well done, Kenny. And, you know, obviously, Tegan Knox and Natalia won. Hopefully, they're going to dethrone Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. Um, hey, did you notice, Kenny, that Natalia and Tegan Knox had matching outfits? I feel that's a prerequisite. If you're going to team with Natalia, she likes to be in sync, outfit-wise. So, colour coordination. Yeah, if you were going to team with Natalia Finn, first thing she'd be saying is, right, let's get down to my tailor. Let's get new outfits done. <laughs> first first thing. That's uh, all right, Natalia. Whatever you say. Miz um, and Gunther had a promo to kind of build their match, and Gunther was just kind of laying shots into the Miz, saying that, you know, he's, you know, he's called him Little Mike Mizanin, said he was bullied in high school, and all these heroes he used to idolise, and then he finally became a WWE superstar, met his heroes, and they bullied him to make him understand he doesn't belong in this sport. And then he goads Miz to try and get physical. Miz does. Gunther drops him. But then Miz kicks him in the balls and gives him a skull-crushing finale. I feel like I'm on... I feel like I'm on a weird planet, Finn, where Gunther and the Miz is pretty good as a (laughs) programme. I didn't have this in the bingo card. I mean, the idea of Miz as a babyface is just so weird, isn't it? Remember he had that weird, he had that babyface turn when he was paired with Ric Flair, which was a very odd pattern. And, and, and Ric Rick Flair gave him the figure four leg lock. That's it. And it was a, a total flop. Just an <laughs> absolute bomb. You know, that whole Miz face turn. And they're like, right, this hasn't worked. Let's turn him heel again. I mean, but people here, it's because Gunter's so damn good at being a heel. And, you know, Miz is actually pretty good in this role as well. And, um, you know, this is this is probably, I don't know, it could be the match I'm most looking forward to at Survivor Series. You know, people are probably thinking, well, that doesn't say much for Survivor Series. <laughs> it probably doesn't, actually. That's a fair point as well. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to this match because I think it's going to be really good. And I think Miz is going to look like he's going to beat Gunter. I think it's going to, there's going to be a couple of moments there where Miz is going to have the audience going and they're going to be thinking, is Miz going to pull off this, unbel- this upset of the year? Is he going to do it? And I think they'll make us believe at least once and maybe twice, Kenny, that Miz is going to dethrone Gunter here. But as for the angle, I thought this was so well done. You know, Gunter said that he had zero respect for the Miz. Miz called Gunter a one-note robot. You know, Gunter kind of mocked Miz. And, you know, saying that, you know, you're just an entertainer. You know, this ring is sacred. You're not on my level. You're a joke. You know, Miz, you know, at times, you know, he, he kind of looked like prey, didn't he? It was like, it was like, you know, Gunter was a lion. And Miz was like a little lamb about to be devoured. Mm-hmm. But then Miz had this amazing comeback. Just like, wow. You know, you thought, well, Gunter's nailed him, knocked him to the mat. And then Miz hit him with his, what looked actually like a really well-timed low blow. And like Gunter went down and he sold it. He sold better than anyone at that bloody pay-per-view on the over the weekend that I just had to sit through. Gunter sold like a, like the best wrestler in the world, which I actually believe he is. And like he sold and he hit the mat and then Miz there. It was like something from a James Bond film from the seventies. You know, he like, you know, tidied himself up, adjusted his suit. 
you know, Gunter's there flailing, flailing around, you know, he's in agony from the low blow, as any anybody would be if they'd been hit with a low blow. <laughs> the skull-crushing finale, Gunter sells it, he's on the map. Miz walks off, and I just thought that's exactly how this angle should have played out. This was the perfect angle, and every I mean, this was one of the angles of the year to me because it was so well done. It was so simple, really, when you think about it, but it didn't need anything more than what they did, and it was yeah. just brilliantly done. And you know, I don't think for a moment the Miz is going to win the belt from Gunter at Survivor Series. But I think they're going to convince us in the match that he might. And that's good enough for me. Indeed, indeed. Is there anything else from Raw you want to chat about before we ride off into the sunset that, you know, piqued your interest? Uh, are we going to have a tag team turmoil match next week to name the new number one contenders to the tag team titles? The only other thing I will say about it, Kenny, which is actually kind of a bit of a down note, because mostly this has been, you know, very complimentary. Mm-hmm. Um, Becky Lynch defeated Zia Lee. Yep. One day before Zia Lee faces Lyra Valkyria on NXT. Yep. What sense does that make? I have no idea. I have no idea. And, and to make matters worse, they ran a video to promote NXT and they described Zia Lee. And this video ran after Zia Lee had lost to Becky Lynch. And in the video, they describe Zia Lee as unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite explain it. I thought I thought that it was probably Zaya's best match I've seen her have. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I can't really, I can't really defend why you would have her lose the night before the match. Yeah, there should have been it. like a lot of run-ins and a non-finish, shouldn't there? Really? Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. So but, that was nonsensical. Yeah, nonsensical. But overall, a good episode of Raw, and you know we'll be we'll be back on Thursday. We'll talk some news, and then we'll be doing what's going down next Monday because obviously we'll have Survivor Series to talk about. So oh yes, of course. We'll be um, we'll be that will go up on Patreon on Monday, and then in the main feed on Tuesday. So, uh, but yeah. The the new mag should be arriving for subscribers. If you've not subscribed, insidetheropesmagazine.com. And if you're in the US, we should have news next week for you on how you will be able to get the magazine in a decent amount of time compared to what it has been like in the past. So, A more timely fashion, of course. A more yes. timely fashion. And that is going to include the people who are already subscribed to us. So that will mean whether you're subscribed already from the US or if you by by new if you're from other places in the world i wish that we could help i wish we could but we are at the pedal of other postal services so you know hopefully that will improve over time yeah but it's crazy that you know pulse were, you were like what are we now two years on from covid yeah 18 months on from the end of whenever it became you know it was lockdowns and what have you and the postal service is still not normal again. It seems like it never will be. I mean, for people in I mean, for people in Australia, as an example, it's taken them. I think it's two and a half months to get a magazine. I just can't understand it. I mean, back in the power some days, it was like America was seven days tops, sometimes four days, and I think Australia was definitely less than two weeks. Well, and, and now if you want to send one magazine sort of, you know, tracks to arrive in, a, in like a week or whatever, it's the price of three magazines. So it's just, yeah, it's it's very, 
unfortunate that it's gone this way and hopefully it gets better. I mean, we can only hope. Yeah, well, yeah, I hope so. Because, I mean, issue 39 of Power, of Power Slam, issue 39 <laughs> of Inside the Ropes magazine. That's a Freudian slip there, wasn't it, Kenny? Yeah, just a bit, just a bit. <laughs> Remember that one, and we'll be talking about this in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, issue 39 of Inside the Ropes magazine with L.A. Knight on the cover. So I hope people will check that out. It's out this week. Yes, so do, do go check that out. And we appreciate you for all your support, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.